tuning in i hope you didn't miss the last pop-off with uh myself actually it was uh, myself with martise in april um we uh did a well, if you want to call it a simulcast uh I, I we did it as a kettle whistle radio crossover with the pop-off and for all our shows i really stress is definitely you got to check out the girls of nc17 um go to society i'm sorry www.society dash 13.com for all your podcasting needs we got a lot going on um i have a very special guest tonight you're going to meet female exorcist elena damewood and her friends zach and kitty very interesting conversation and you're going to learn something tonight i promise and you'll hear the magnificent sounds of dandy brown i'll be damned is the name of the song you'll hear about halfway through the show and he is available on Bandcamp. Uh, I don't know that he's on iTunes yet. He has yet to get back to me on that one. Uh, but he's just a great guy. Um, Dandy Brown, find him on Facebook, friend him. He's a great guy and you gotta listen to his music. Uh, I've played him before. He's a friend of the show, absolutely. And I, I want to thank Kevin Christ and of course Mandy Danger for the setup at the Living Dead weekend in Evans City, PA. That was a blast, and that's where we podcasted from. That's a fun little simulcast. Like I said, check out the last pop-off with uh, Martise, and you'll hear that, hear it there as well as Kettle Wilson Radio, an episode before this one. All right, and let's see. So, A Night with an Exorcist. Um, this goes back to, uh, let's see, me and Solon Sangaris met Elena Damewood at the Syracuse Palace Theater, a year ago, uh, thanks to Jeff Meyer, and it, it is a haunted place. She had a heck of a time being there, and we had a hell of a time just uh, selling our books and wares and fun stuff. And it was a Jason festival, which was great, and I highly recommend going there. They do all kinds of stuff. If you ever, if you're in the Syracuse area, look up the Palace Theater before you get there just to see what's going on, and hook up with Jeff Meyer. He's a great dude too. He's, he's one of my friends on Facebook. You could find him there. Uh, let's see what else. Too many thank yous going on here. Um, and there goes my phone, of course, always. Not my dog this time. Phone. And it's my sister. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll be in trouble here in a little bit. Okay, so anyway, let's get back to, uh, Kettle Whistle Radio. Um, and, uh, as always, find me at Fairly Dark on Twitter and go to www.fairlydarkproductions for all your past podcast needs if you like Kettle Whistle Radio. Okay, and uh, happy Halloween, folks. Hope you enjoy this one. And um, now this... Stigmata Studios presents 
the scorpion strikes. At this comic book, a terrorist called the scorpion is transported to a secret CIA prison. He quickly turns the tables on the guards and administrators and releases the prisoners. A well-armed anarchist called Constituent Zero assembles a team and fights to take the prison back. The story is a dark political action thriller. The Scorpion's actions set the stage perfectly for the Jin Jihad. Available on Indie Planet. Get more info on The Scorpion Strikes, The Jin Jihad, and other titles at StigmataStudios.com. All right, folks, uh, friends and fiends, thank you for listening to Kettle Whistle Radio. A very special guest is on tonight. Um, well, by the time you hear this, it'll probably almost be Halloween. But I want to introduce uh, female exorcist um, Elena Danwood. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. And we have some, let's see, some history. We met at the Syracuse, what was that, the uh, Jason Fest? What did they call that? I don't remember. It was the Horror Fest. Yeah, the Horror Fest. It was a good time. And uh, you were dressed as Chucky <laughs> and immediately drawn to each other <laughs> at the show. What can I say? And we did a good show then. Uh, but you, you, since then, you've had some uh, interesting things go on, I guess. Um, you hit me up recently, and uh, I think you have a story to tell. discussed a little bit and we covered a little bit at the convention was the conflicts with exorcism. We really didn't go much over the ideas between connections between it and mysticism as you talked about the factors that we had kind of an instant connection. Mm-hmm. In spiritual communities that would be known as a divine role or a interceding in your past in your spiritual walk. Okay. Most yeah, yeah, we do talk about that. that as part of the board or the chess board of life, as you're on And one of the things about mystics and people with family traditions, bloodline related to traditions, is the fact that a lot of them are either completely afraid to admit that they have the abilities. This is where you also hear the term of actual deja vu. You hear people talking about mm-hmm. how women have intuition and the ability to see things in advance. Yes. All of this overlaps with the exorcism stuff because in most cases, the people who go into exorcism fields also have a background in mysticism because we've experienced things and seen things that we cannot scientifically understand ourselves. Um, that is exactly why I've got my friend here, Zachariah, mm-hmm. because his family's got a long history, a very interesting history behind it. Just like mine. Mine, actually, my relatives were prophets for kings and queens, Ireland, England, and Scotland. And our history actually traces back to the Lily of the Valley, or what's known as the birthplace of Christ, birthplace of Mary's family. Um, we were gypsies. We were travelers who would give advice to kings and queens and people along our travels. And most of the mystics in, our fam- in my family were very tied to the roots of pantheonic traditions along with Christian traditions. In fact, most of us actually started out studying paganism and then went into Catholicism and Methodist tradition along with other forms of Christianity. This is more religion. This is more religion than I've ever had in 160 episodes. (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of people um, don't understand 
understand what, how that actually connects over. The guy who created the exorcism order, St. Benedict, had trouble with the understanding of what demonics were. He, had, he was a studier of the mysticism tradition in the Church of Rome. Now, he was part of the Dominican order originally. And the thing about it is, is that the mystics in the Dominican order have a long history of having people pop out of the blue and creating other orders. Another one that would come, came from them was the head of the Franciscan and Confucius, which is St. Francis of Assisi. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing about it is, is that in these cases, the reason the churches have always studied mystics is because our bloodline traditions intrigue them. Where most of the time when you're in church services and you are dealing with laying on hands of people or prayer to be able to see something or understand something going on. A mystic has an intense sense to be able to actually detect things earlier on. Um, Zach, would you like to explain a little bit about what it is with your family's gifts since your dad was a Jewish rabbi? Um, Let's take a little louder. You should introduce yourself, too. You weren't selling snake oil, were you? What? You weren't selling snake oil, were you? That's a joke. No. <laughs> That's a joke. You never saw the Paul McCartney video. All right, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. I threw you off. I'm sorry. Excuse me. What do you run into more, as far as those uh, more demonic or the human? I, I, what are the more common? Um, actually, it's all about the exact same ability. Hmm. It's okay. just we can tell which one it is by the feelings of emotion that is implanted into us. Interesting. It's okay. Like if it's a demonic spirit, usually. There's anger, mm. and uh, it, it it drives us into a shivering cold and is a fear. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. And we actually uh, went on a paranormal investigation last night with a couple of our friends. Um, we went through what's called a walkthrough. Is this the uh, Elena? Is this the most recent one that you were going to tell me about? Yeah. This is incidences I was actually going to tell you about. Okay. Um, and in the walkthrough that we did last night, um, we each kind of went into our own little zone, I guess you could say. My 
friend who's another mystic, she goes into what we call trances, where she will actually start taking on personalities of spirits mm. that are around her. Yeah, I'm she familiar with that. She actually starts picking up on the actual traces left behind. Zach and I both were starting to feel like kind of heady, kind of a dark influence around us. We I was feeling different. And including having to help that one um, veteran because he had an issue of where he had a flag, the American flag, that was uh, supposed to be by his gravestone. Okay. And it was fetching on the ground. And I felt that somebody was hauling towards that one to fix it, and I didn't even know that it needed fixing. talk about that that's interesting okay doesn't surprise me with you absolutely um we're going to get back to you in a little bit here we got to pay the bills and uh, we'll get back with elena and i'm sorry is it zach or zachariah because it didn't come through clear uh, I can go by zach. zach okay we'll get back okay yeah actually i do know that i do know that all right well, we'll go with zach and we'll be right back with elena and zach and thank you guys for being here Afraid of the dark, but you should be. There are things that's well here in the dark. Things best left unseen. With the initial smoke clear from the fall of tomorrow, the blood now flows even thicker with dwelling in the dark. Eleven stories. 
all bits of the same mysterious puzzle, fitting together with horrific parallels to its predecessor. Get ready for new, truly terrifying tales set in the broken world from the fall of tomorrow. Take a closer look at what's now dwelling in the dark. If you dare. Available on Amazon in traditional print and ebook. Get your copy today. Visit www.fairlydarkproductions.com for more info on the author and his work. Still here? Okay. Let's play a game. <laughs> We're back uh, with Elena Damewood and Zach. You're, you're back there too, aren't you? Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're, I could barely hear you before. Now I got you. Um, and apparently, I was just informed that Elena's dog, Dixie, <laughs> remembers me. <laughs> she actually hears my voice and is reacting to it? Yeah, she's reacting to it. She's smiling and wagging her tail. Oh, she was a cutie. She was a cutie. Well, we were getting to some serious subject matter. Um your platform here, so if you want to talk about the, the latest investigation, it, that's all you. Okay. Um, I wanted to explain a little bit on how um, Zach and I have had it. We've known each other for 13 years at this point. Okay. I've known his brothers and all three of them. And I always knew there was something different back when I met the dad back before the, the father had passed because the father was also a rabbi and a teacher. He did evangelistic ministry. He... Um, was very involved in mysticism. Him and I were getting several conversations about it when he was alive. But Zach, could you explain a little bit about the family history and the legends behind your family? And yeah, that would be good. That would be good. Explain the rage. Uh, every once in a while, we just get into like this fit of rage where we just want to hurt somebody, and we have absolutely no reason to have that direction to hurt somebody. There goes the dog. I apologize, folks. That's uh, my sidekick that's barking in the background. We're going to take a uh, pause here, but we're going to get right back into the rage. I apologize, Zach. And we are back. Uh, yeah, leave it to my dog for a little comedy relief. Uh, she hates the mailman, and he just came by. <laughs> Why do they hate the mailman so much? I think that all animals have a secondary instinct of hating things that come into their personal zone, and it's kind of a protection zone for them. Yeah. And that's how animals do that. Yeah. But, um, Zach, could you explain a little bit about, like, the rage and why people in the early days were tied to demonics with your family, about the shutdown legend to us, about your actual rage that you've experienced over the years? Um, well, the most often times that, that rage would actually occur again is uh, usually when we're disoriented or in a complete new environment and we're kind of stressed out. And we lash out and uh, it gets extremely dangerous because uh, most of my family 
we don't actually have adrenal inhibitors in our body. So we naturally produce twice as much adrenaline as most people. And because of that, we can bend metal and do feats that are physically beyond um, our body builds. Have you? Ha, I'm sorry, Elena. Have you actually witnessed this? Yes, I have on a couple of different occasions. With wow. Each okay. one of the boys, in fact. In fact, um, I only witnessed it once with the father when he was alive, and I'd only seen the beginning of his fit because it had occurred at the game store that we all used to play games at, and he had gotten agitated during the game. And you know how, like, most people when they're holding a stress ball, yeah, squeeze onto it, right. He had one of those in his pocket, and it literally, he grabbed a hold of just, it looked like barely squeezing the meat, popped it, and it turned into dust oh on the God. floor below. Jeez. So it literally just, and I went, are you okay? And he went, yeah, I'll be okay in a bit. And that's the only, that's the only time I ever experienced it with the dad. Now, with the boys, I've seen Ruben, the younger of the boys, so when he was younger, I used to see him, he used to play with my children. Um, it's playing with my son, Gabriel, and my daughter, Akira. And he used to have what I called these temper tantrum rage fits, where he would get so agitated, he didn't care what was in his path, he would physically break it. And it was to the point that he didn't realize how strong he was. Mm. And he could have a piece of electrical equipment in front of him, and it'd start malfunctioning from just the energy that comes off of the one, more or less, the actual rage itself. Uh, Ruben can actually interfere with electronics. Wow. Um, phones and cell phone, uh, watches, um, computers give out on him all the time. Like, even at his work, when he's agitated and upset, the screens will start blinking. Wow. At the place he worked at. Um, Abraham, the oldest, he takes his rage more into the mental aspect. He starts getting upset. He starts having almost mental anguish attacks, uh, like a mini panic attack, sort of. But he kind of focuses it in on whoever he's around at the time period. And he'll get so upset that he'll give himself physical headaches. So you can actually see his eyes, like, actually turning the blood red from it. Um... And like I said, each one of the boys has different abilities, which the same thing applies to their father. Um, Zach is very much into being able to see spirits and feel them. And physically touch them. So uh, is this uh, a contributing factor to the uh, short lifespan of your, your the men in your family? Probably. I think it is. I think what they're doing is because... The, the reason I think the reason the legends of the shark dog started in the UK, I think that they were seeing the rage and the endorphin factors in the family, and they were comparing it to what they could see in the physical environment. Mm. Uh, because there were demon dogs that were actually uncovered in um, the UK and by one, a church. There was also another one in uh, Chicago. Yeah, when yeah. I was in the military. Yeah. And the shark dog legend is a very interesting legend. It's about these big black dogs that were supposed to be helping the rulers of the underground. Right. They believe that they were demon dogs. I'm they familiar with were. the yeah, the lore, absolutely. And um, this is the actual family that it belongs to. Zach's family is the one actually related to that bloodline. Wow. And in Judaism, he's also, his family's part of the accursed tribe line. 
which is an interesting combination because they're allowed to have the priest rights, but they're also allowed to study forbidden gospels of Judaism that most people cannot read or get their hands on because they have to learn how to control it from both a mystic standpoint, both with performing the exorcism rites and being able to understand how to control their own mystic abilities. And that's why, like, when you're working with exorcisms, that's why it's important to have people in the paranormal field who can both do the scientific approach and debunk the things and also see the psychological approaches on it because it overlaps with the traits that have the people who have the mystic abilities or, like Zach said, about the physical strength and the endorphins being higher than normal in his family. And that's how come in a lot of cases when you're having to deal with training people, you have to learn how to actually adapt each case to a very specific area of expertise with that individual case. Like in Zach's case, I had to spend probably about three months just doing genealogy research alone on the family history. Okay. And what did you come up with? I came up, the closest I came up with is that the reason that the Hellhound legend got created was because of the fact that they couldn't understand the rage from the family and the connection between it and the mystical abilities that they experienced while they were in the States. And because it overlapped with their human qualities, the men actually produced so much so fast that they're actually literally leading their body drive all the other resources. Mm. It's basically kind of like um, a degraded sponge. You know, like when you're taking so much energy and how mm. a sponge, when it's got the water in it, how it slowly kind of kills off the actual plant life. Or a succubus. And that's basically what his family does naturally. Each one of the ministers who go into the Jewish line when it gets passed down, the member mm. of the family that chooses to go into that actual specific trade... They go into it because they see it more as a gift they can use to help others with. Okay. Well, that's a va- that's a valiant effort, that's for sure. But and, scary. And the funny part about it is that it's only a male trait in my family, which is unusual because usually it's only the female traits, if any. Hmm. That's what uh, I thought, too, yeah. No. But my family's a little off on that part. Which is interesting because in my family, it's the opposite. The women are the ones with the gifts of prophecy. The women are the ones who have the ability to see things in advance, hear things, be able to feel people's things. They're very strong empaths. Um, some of them have even been known to get rid of people's things from their physical bodies. Yeah, without saying who, it's, a, it's the same thing in my family. It's the women. It's always been the women that see the ghosts. Well, it's like... Um, one of the things that my dad and me and even my younger brother have is whenever we're around somebody who's pregnant, we'll get the sympathy, uh, sympathy pains and uh, other issues from it. I'm going to have you. Oh. like really weird. It's really weird on that part because that's not normal. <laughs> I, wow. No. Wow. No, I've never heard that one. That's yeah, that's why the sympathy pains, the cravings. We like when I remember a story when my dad told me when uh, she was pregnant with me. Mm-hmm. He'd be in like three or four states over, okay. and all of a sudden he'd be craving spicy foods or pickles. Hey, hey, you want 
right. Well, I kind of get that. Um, you know what? We're going to get right back here. We're going to take a quick break and uh, maybe play a tune. And uh, we'll be back with uh, Elena and Zach. Thank you, guys.
That was Dandy Brown with I'll Be Damned. Now let's get back to Elena, Kitty, and Zach. And we are back, folks. Thanks for listening still. And we are joined by a third party now. So we got Zach, Elena, and Kitty, which is not a real name, but I, I learned some interesting things off air just now. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, hello. Um, I'm not really sure what, what you want me to say exactly. <laughs> well, Elena brought you in, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Okay, foggies. You said like foggies. Okay. So I could bring this all together. Did you and Kitty work together with Zach? Um, yes, we did. Just last night. Last night is the first time that oh. uh, Zach has joined us on any type of uh, paranormal investigation or hunt, as I most commonly refer to them. Um, I, of course, last night went off on my own, as is 
very common uh, for me. Uh, Elena and Zach then branched off um, together. Uh, however, I do believe that we experienced uh, similar uh, activity uh, last night. I'm not sure. Did you, Elena, did you tell him already? I'm dying to hear this. I'm dying to hear this. Um, last night, David, I was having a real strong feeling that some of the spirits were upset and angry about stuff, and I didn't know what was going on. And I instinctively went, okay, I'm going to go check on Uncle George. And great Uncle George has been following my family members for years. And okay. I went over to where his grave was at, and there was about six gravestones that somebody had broken off like they had been torn up. At this mm. period in time, Zach was literally down physically on the ground next to one in pretty much a mental state. By the time I realized Kitty was completely on the other side of the cemetery, into going in the opposite direction, following the opposite spirits, I realized, where's Kitty? Where's Kitty? We need Kitty. <laughs> and, and that was that exact comment to Zach, is we have to find Kitty. We need to get out of here. Something's going really bad, really fast. Wow. And I had already uh, went down um, towards the bottom of the cemetery, got a sensation that I knew to be negative, turned around and started heading back towards the front of the cemetery where my car was parked, did a sweep through uh, on my way to try to locate Elena and Zach, did not see them, and continued onward to my car. I uh, did not know that they had discovered the broken uh, gravestones uh, until Elena uh, told me once returning to my car. Um but I, I, I don't know. I instinctively, I know when to leave and when to, when to poke and prod at them. Yeah. And before, and the interesting part, well, at the first portion of the investigation, when we first got out of the car, Kitty and I went up to the hill side back to walk across the street to visit the bathroom. And um, while we were waiting for Zach to get back, me and Kitty were both feeling like things were watching us. Okay. And they were staring us dead in the eye like they didn't know if we were friendly or not. Hmm. And it felt like almost kind of a dark, heavy scent walking over my shoulder. And I, at one point, turned to Kitty and said, did you see that? Because she was walking up the hill. And I felt somebody come beside me on the other side. And well, actually, I, you at first thought that it might have been me. Yeah, and I thought it was Kitty <laughs> at first. And then I started to realize Kitty was on the opposite side of me. And then I realized it wasn't Zach because Zach wasn't back yet. And it looks like a shadow that was about as tall as Zach walked right past me. Wow. Like it was just saying, hi, how are you doing? <laughs> so these were friendly spirits. Friendly, but angry and upset. Okay. Because I had a big question for all three of you, really, and everybody that's listening to this is going to want to know this. Has there ever, ever been a moment where you guys just said, I'm done with this, I'm out of here? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, that was a quick three yeses. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I had to sense last night slightly, but that's not the most uh, intense experience of that. That I have felt it was in that same cemetery, however. Um, but it was a few years back in 2010. Um, Elena was not with me on that when I was with uh, some other members at the time. Uh, during uh, that experience, I actually 
I was, I had fallen asleep in the car because I was working night shifts at the time. Um, and I was actually woken up by a spirit, uh, the spirit that woke me up was friendly, but when I got woke up, um, the other members that were with me were already scrambling back to the car and telling me that they were under attack. Wow. And what kind of attack? Just like a... Okay. Yeah, I think the most weirdest experience I had on that day was um, the graveyard investigation over at Lincoln Park Cemetery when everybody else wanted to follow the smog up the hill and go to the house that didn't exist, and I wanted to get the fuck out of there. That was just <laughs> friends decided that... Um, I'm not laughing at you. I just I, I love when Elena gets angry. <laughs> yeah, and, and I literally looked at the other members and realized they were gone at the time, and that was when I did the blessing. And remember how we talked about the thou shall not pass moment? Right. That was that investigation. Oh. And, and the only other uh, the only other time I've ever had an experience like that where I've had to get up and go moment was um, a long time ago one of the exorcism cases I did with um, helping one of the Episcopal priests. And at the time, we actually uh, were stuck in a person's house. I literally told the guy that he, he got knocked down. And by the time he got knocked down, I ran through with the whole oil on my hands and said, get him out of here. And I pulled the priest back out of the house and went straight in to continue doing the blessing, hmm. not even knowing what I was going to face. And I know Kitty over the years has had similar experiences to that. Like when um, our, even like on the day that our friend died, we both knew something was wrong. At the time, we didn't know what it was. Um, hmm. And that's how attuned we were to each other and the people in our group and our friends and our circle. We were all very mystically inclined. And because of that, we've all shared a very similar bond, except for maybe maybe Gary, because Gary's not mystically inclined, but he's kind of a... Gary, um, Gary the best way to describe what Gary is able to do is, is that he is able to absorb the uh, energy um, both positive and negative, um, without any adverse effects you can tell. Mm. Uh, so what a lot of the members, myself included, within the group, have utilized that ability of his for is, is that when we have excess overflows of energy, um, that gives us a outlet uh, to push it. Uh, that is a safe conduct. Yeah, it's a safe conduct. Just like I told you, David, the mm-hmm. night that we met, we were doing the investigation, and I started getting sick. And oh, yeah. Out yeah, you, Never yeah, you, we you, went, you had a seizure. You had a seizure that night. Yeah, I was using you. Basically, it's the same type of conductor that the group down here uses Gary for. Okay. And uh, that's how kind of it ties back into, like, the demonics and the spirits. After a while, a person who's mystically inclined, it doesn't matter which type of bloodline gift you have, it actually will basically create almost like a poison or like feeling like you're getting drunk. Mm-hmm. Like the first time I went to the Palace Theater, I actually got so nauseated walking up to the top floor, I threw up twice in their, their commode at the restroom upstairs. No, I remember that. Up. I remember that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah that place, uh, yeah, you told me about it that night. Where was you, Elena? You, you get that, you know, where you actually become physically ill. Um, with me, and I think that it has to do with the fact that I, I am very sense what would be referred to as a psychic vampire, where I can feed off of that energy, and I actually need to feed off of that energy. 
for me, I do get that. If I overfeed, I get that rush of energy to where, like you said, it's almost like a drunk or a, or a high. Um, but for me, I I just use the energy until I no longer buzz. <laughs> yeah, and the other that that's like very well with that family too, because Ruben and Abraham and Zachariah himself, I'd say all three of the boys use that when they're gaming. Uh, when they're playing board games or strategy games, uh, the boys all conduct that energy into whatever they're playing around them. And we can force and, Even if we're not rolling the dice, we can force energy into the dice to roll what we want them to roll. I'm very yeah. jealous. That's extremely Jedi. Yeah, it's just like, it's like me and smiling and manipulate cards. We're not playing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, I wanted to say this too, just because to, people don't know everything we're talking about here. Um, we were, t- me and Elena were at the Palace Theater in Syracuse, and I, I think wasn't it haunted by a woman, an angry woman spirit. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, it was a creepy place. It was fun, but uh, yeah, you got sick, and I just wanted people to know exactly what we're talking about there. But um, I don't want to wrap this up, guys, and I love to. I would love to have you on again since it's it's Halloween season. People love this stuff. But um, I kind of have to go. Uh, what about you? Well, you, you do you guys want to share your Twitters, where people can find you, where people can find help? Um, yeah, sure. The easiest way to get a hold of me is um, through the All Catholic Church's website or to go to um, – you can go to Exorcist Elena Damewood on Twitter, and you can find me through there. You can also find me under Elena Damewood on Facebook, too. Right. I will – I will actually help with explaining scientific research through there. I work for several branches of the Catholic Church with the Church of England. Um, Zach, um, he just kind of does this with, like, different church groups. His father was part of different ministry programs in the area. Um, Zach, which would be the best way to get a hold of you if people had questions? Did we lose Zach? Yeah, Zach. Uh Oh. Probably Facebook. On Facebook. Under Zachariah Shuck. Yeah. And it's spelled just like the Shuck Knox from a legend, too. Well, I'll have you, you guys, I think you may have sent me a friend request. People can find you through my mutual friends or whatever, you know, of course. If you didn't friend me already, do so, please, Zach, okay? Same with you, Kitty. All right, I was going to say, if you're on Elena's page, I can find you through her. Okay, yes. Okay, well, and, I believe that you guys can help folks. Oh, yes, definitely. That's what we've been trying to do in our community for several years. That's why Kitty and I first got involved in this stuff. Was I've only been practicing for 17 years. <laughs> and, and I've been practicing since I was 12 years old. So. <laughs> I believe that. And so now Zach and Abraham and 
Ruben are all taking it from different perspectives. Ruben's actually one thing we didn't really discuss too much on is Ruben's ability to what he described as eating them as snacks when it comes to dance. Yeah, <laughs> he he feeds off of their Wow. Okay, that's a lot. That you know, that's a whole nother show. Um, and fo- uh, really, I, I want to thank you guys for being on this. I really appreciate it. And um, as always, folks, you can find me at Fairly Dark on Twitter and www.fairlydarkproductions.com, where you can find everything Kettle Whistle Radio. And if you're interested in some horror books, they're there for you, and comic books. Um, guys, thank you so much. And uh, I'm going to ask you guys to all all unite and say goodnight. Good night, guys. Good night. Very good. Thank you. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the The Candle Candle Power Power Hour. Electric Acid.